Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports are important. Maradona turns like a little eel and comes away from trouble. The little squat man leaves it for dead. There's Beckham in the bottom! There's Beckham! It's the end of the World Cup group phase and after another day of chaos and disorder we have Luis Suarez in tears, South Korea triumphant and Granite Xhaka sealing his reputation as an Ulster Senior Football Championship level shithouse. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a super special Second Captain's Weekend World Cup podcast. Hello there Ken, I hope you're having a wonderful Saturday morning. I am having a very nice morning, Karen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And we're talking. We're talking in the morning. I know. I know. It, it's it's it seems unnatural, doesn't it? There's a World Cup up, yeah on, and yet here we are. The sun is rising, and we're talking football. Uh, after the yesterday's is, action, the sun is sun is blazing here. To be honest, mm. well, I mean, it's. I would there. say it's doing something less than blazing here in Dublin. What it's, is the weather uh, like, Ken? Uh, we're not. It's fine. I would say it's a very nice December morning. Mild. Uh, bright, cool, cloudy? but no, bright, reasonable. Actually, no, bright. I'm looking out the window. I can see blue skies. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? Yeah. I mean, some blue skies, like a tiny corner, a sliver of blue amidst the grey. Uh, yes, but no, basically fine, Ken. I know you'd rather hear about rain and wind and sleet, uh, but it's no, it's not like that. It's not 35 degrees, but it's not that either. Back to the football. Brazil and Portugal go through as group winners. Switzerland and South Korea go through as group winner, group runners-up, rather. And before we do another goddamn thing on this show, we should probably listen to some ecstatic South Korean commentary because it's the World Cup and these lads know what they're up to. <laughs> Yes, that was the good old boys at the Seoul Broadcasting System celebrating Huang Hee Chan's brilliant last-minute goal to beat Portugal 2-1 and seal their place in the last 16. But that goal, of course, eliminated Uruguay, who were beating Ghana 2-0 and had looked to have done all the hard work themselves to get them through. The eyes of the world 
then turned, Ken, to Luis Suarez, referred to as the devil himself in Ghana at his pre-match press conference. Yeah, El Diablo. <laughs> Take it off with about 15 minutes to go and now entirely helpless to do anything as Uruguay two-time winners crashed out of the group stages. You were at Luis Suarez's press conference on Thursday. You were at the game yesterday. How would you describe the last 48 or hours or so in Luis Suarez's life? A roller coaster. Mm. <laughs> a real roller coaster. It was, it was a real roller coaster emotion for the Uruguay and Ford. Um, no, it was, uh, it really was. Uh, it was very, it was an interesting thing to see, you know, because all this stuff about Ghana um, and Suarez being a hate figure and whatever, yeah, um, didn't really seem to do Ghana any good in the end. You know, it was it was like uh, they didn't really. I mean, uh, the big moment of the game was obviously the penalty mm. that Ghana that Ghana um, were awarded. Uh, and I was watching it at first, and, and my immediate thought was, that's a penalty. And then seeing the replay, it looked as though Andre Ayew was actually offside. Um, the ball had sort of, a shot it had sort of passed through or passed underneath him, and he, he had tried to sort of play it, um, mm. but but missed it, I guess. And then um, the Uruguayan goalkeeper, Roche, had had had, um, had spilled it. I mean, he had a, he had a brilliant game uh, other than that. Uh, and then Kudus, who who looks just an absolutely phenomenal player, insanely although, good, doesn't he? Although, yeah. I, although I think he may also be slight; he may have a touch of insanity, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> which is not a bad thing at all at all times. You know, when you're a when you're a, a football player, it helps to to be. You know, we're talking little, about Luis Suarez, for instance. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's, it's it. but but uh, I I I I think he might be a a little bit hot headed as well. <laughs> Um, but he uh, he he got to the ball quicker and went over the goalkeeper and, and it was a looked a foul. But then is Ayu offside? No. Then they they there was a VAR check and the thing is with the VAR checks they don't show replays to anyone. I mean I don't know yeah. if you're seeing if you're seeing the replays. Do they are they actually showing the replays on the TV broadcasts? Yes, I mean, they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're not showing them in the stadium or you know if you're sitting in a press box you've got like a screen but all you're seeing is just like var check you know you're not yeah and, and so we didn't know well, what I mean, they were I'm, checking. I'm unsure of the, yeah i'm unsure of the exact timeline but yes yeah, so replays are being shown all the time uh yeah no they are they're obviously just not doing that in the stadium which is bizarre that's very odd um yeah and they uh well yeah, they were showing that basically the replay of kudos but everyone's kind of thinking well, what about iu and then but then basically after the penalty was taken uh, some minutes later, they then show the graphic. They're obsessed with these weird graphics now, like the, yeah. this, this like uh, uh, you know, virtual uh, portrayal of the offside. And it turns out there's a Uruguayan defender basically walking away, and his trailing foot as he walks forward is just mm. about playing IU onside. And so that's on, that's not an offside, and therefore the penalty is legitimate. Anyway, sorry, uh, on a slight tangent, did I read in the in I think it was Barney Roney or Jonathan Liu was writing this week that they're that they're presenting like virtual reality replays of the goals at half time as well yeah. on the big screens in the stadium. That is oh. completely bizarre. Rather than just showing the actual goal that it's, everyone it's, has already seen in real life. It's unbelievable. They've got they've got a name what's it called again? It's Oh, I can't remember what they they've got like some name for the replay that flashed up, like virtual actualization replay or something. Yeah, something yeah, yeah. Like, and and, <laughs> Total and it's like nonsense. this. Yeah, yeah. It's like the worst thing you've ever seen. It's like it's like a um the, the footballers in it look like you know when you when you see an ad for like 
ibuprofen or something yeah, or like, yeah, you yeah. Know, and you know that's sort of or, or like a crash test dummy type uh, <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and they eat or they eat the pill and it goes down there's like the stomach is yeah. red and then it sort of cools yeah. down to green you see it moving through the digestive system yeah, that's yeah. literally what, what they're showing running around and and, and also and, and then they sort of show the ball and it's one of those as well where like uh, the camera is kind of locked onto the ball so it's just sort of chaotically moving around you've got absolutely no idea what's happening other than the fact that you've you've literally seen it happen in, in real life yeah yeah so therefore, therefore you have a rough idea of how to interpret what you're seeing it's just so weird everything uh, all of the sort of uh, data uh, stuff that fifa has done for this i'm just on a press conference um with with wenger and klinsman um uh, and and a, and a couple of the the other members of the uh, technical study group uh, Sunday mm. Elise and uh, uh, Pascal Zuberbuller and uh, all of these types of guys but it was mainly Wenger's Wenger's um, thing uh, where he was unveiling the football data platform uh, mm. and this was meant to be this this awesome tool that uh, that was being made available to the media where you know you were able to see they they were going to give you all this information blah 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 in real time and you could look at the stats and you know stats like we've never seen before and mm. it's it's the worst thing I've ever seen it's so it's so bad I mean I know this is not of interest to people who haven't seen it and won't use it and don't care about it but <laughs> it's just how have you done such a bad job of this like literally it was there was a better system at the 2014 World Cup where you could mm. see like. They they were just showing you, uh, they just showed you the meters the players had run, for example, yeah, which was yeah. which was kind of interesting, you know. Mm. And 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 this like they'll they'll give you like uh, who's the top they'll, they'll give you data like who's the top um, uh, who, who's made more sprints than anyone else in this match. But you try and have a look at that table, like who's you know who's sprinting, and it's like you might as well be Indiana Jones, like trying to find you know the the whatever it is. Like it's it's just it's so everything about it is so horribly mm. counter. Anyway, mm. why am I talking about this? I I, I was yeah. I mean, I, it's it was kind of my fault. But it's just back to Uruguay, terrible. back to the penalty. It was the turning point of the game. If Ghana score that, I think it could be a very different game. But was it like was it actually a case of like the ghost of twenty ten? Uh, uh, frighten them to that extent. This idea that oh my god, we've missed another penalty against Uruguay in another pivotal World Cup game, and whatever kind of vague unease there was about Suarez. I mean, as you say, it, the idea that they hate Suarez and were anxious for revenge didn't really seem to help them. I think the penalty, you know, that didn't help. That didn't help their mental state uh, either. Taking into if when you put the revenge and the missed penalty together. No, it's. Uh, I mean, the, the penalty automatically has was freighted with all of this extra significance because obviously the whole drama mm. of the last game turned on a missed penalty by Ghana and suddenly here we are with another chance and here's Andre Ayew with the chance to to you know uh, avenge all of that mm. and you know this was like um, in in 2010 you know Asamoah Gyan had been handed the ball by his captain uh, Stephen Apaya uh, who told him make all of Africa proud <laughs> I know, I mean, you know, which is, uh, I guess, I guess, I guess, Apaya thought like, you know, there, there, there's a great incentive, you know, that's that's mm. a hell of a that's a hell of a carrot to dangle in front of the lad, 
Mm. You know, um, but actually, well, no, to be fair, I think there probably are footballers that would that would have been inspired by that. You know, yeah. but you got to know, you got to just got to make sure that the guy you're handing the ball to is one of those guys. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, I, I guess in the if you if you remember what happened to the penalty, he hit it really hard and it smacked off the top yeah. of the bar and over, like it skidded off the top of the crossbar because mm. he he sort of hit it too hard. Um, IU IU took a kind of opposite penalty where he tried to just place it into the, into the corner. But he didn't place it far enough in the corner. The goalkeeper went the right way and he saved it. And it's just, you're just thinking, oh my God, it's happened again. You know, this is it. And, and the fact that Suarez had been out, like Suarez came out to do that press conference. He didn't have to do it. Like no. he was, no. So he, he, he came out and he sort of talked about the whole thing. So he kind of freshened it up, like in people's minds in, in a way, mm. like, you know, this, this, I mean, taking a penalty is obviously really easy. You know, it's it's like an it's as like the easiest discussed. thing. Well, it is it is the easiest thing you can do, right? I mean, as a as a striker, I mean, you should you should obviously score. I mean, it's not difficult mm. to score a penalty, but then it suddenly becomes difficult in the circumstances. I mean, even Messi, you know, Messi missing that penalty the other night. I mean, Messi's missed quite a lot of penalties. I mean, I was thinking about that as well. Like, you know, the way that that there's these eruptions of hero worship. In, mm. in the games that Messi's playing where the crowd is all Messi, Messi yeah. and yeah. And and they're treating him like he's a god. And then it's like, oh God has to take a penalty. Well <laughs> you know, well obviously God is gonna score a penalty, isn't he? Mm. Because, you know, it's it's I mean it would be kind of crazy if God had missed a penalty. And that's the moment at which like the kind of the the pressure of the air worship actually gets too much even for him and he's like the goal is tiny how is the ball even going to fit into that goal and 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 misses the misses the penalty goes anyway Gana have done this it's a you know uh, you know and and then then Uruguay punished them really quickly so they score two quick goals now this guy um, Georgian de Arasqueta had now I've seen I'm, I've I've actually seen Uruguay are the only team I think I've seen 100% of the minutes they've played at the World Cup and it mm. will forever remain thus because there aren't going to be any more and I can barely remember seeing this guy I think he played half an hour uh, you know and watching him in this game the impact that he he proceeded to make in the opening sort of half hour I think where has this guy been this is exactly what they needed the whole time yeah so so uh, Darwin Nunez was playing this, and and, they, and this time Uruguay had gone with a sort of four-four-two, uh, basically. Now the 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 problem that they'd had was more was a kind of a uh, how do you how do you fit Darwin and, and Suarez in? You, obviously, you want to play Suarez; he's the best ever Uruguayan player. Mm. He can hardly move though, right? So, so that's a problem. But then you've got Darwin, who's able to run, but like he can't sort of. It, it's like he can't. He's not great at the at the other things. Yeah. Yeah, um, but like you still need you still need his sort of energy and physicality, um, and in the first game he was on the left wing and kind of didn't really do much. And Suarez in the middle, and he didn't do much either. Second game Suarez was dropped uh, to the bench, and Nunez was in the middle again. Didn't really didn't really do a lot. So this time they just decided, okay, why don't we just go with the two of them up front together and change the formation a bit? And this was the this was the, turned out the best solution. Nunez puts a ball in. Which sort of somehow goes through three Ghanaian defenders, you know. It was one of those like he just crossed it from the right, like very a speculative kind of a cross. Missed by the first guy, missed by the second guy, missed by the third guy. The fourth guy is Luis Suarez, who controls the ball, and 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 you just know that this is going to be a goal. You know, I mean, he didn't actually mm. score, but like the, he's he's controlled the ball. It's perfect. It's a perfect position. There's a defender there. There's a goalkeeper there, but he's like twelve yards out. 
you know, all he has to do is sort of fake a couple of shots, then take a real shot, which the goalkeeper does save, but uh, Darius Kate is there to score the rebound. There's a goal. And then Uruguay's next goal was just a couple of minutes later, a brilliant goal, a long ball, a header by Darwin um, to Suarez, who then on the volley, I think, uh, kind of, helps the the ball on just like loops it mm. over the next defender into the path of Darascada who's coming onto it and hits the most perfect volley skimming you know an inch, an inch above the ground uh, really hard into the back of the net and it's now 2-0 and like Uruguay are going to win the game now you know, it's a, and this Arascada is and, and, and that's what I think why have they not been using this guy uh, so uh, I actually saw why just a, just a couple of minutes later <laughs> When I'm not sure which kind. Did you see it? The stamp, yes. Like, yeah. How did he stay on the pitch? It's actually unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, so the, the, the like the the idea that a player does that now is so stupid. You know, oh. it used to be a case where okay, well, you try and get away with it, and if you uh, manage to do it, and three people don't see you do it, then you get away with it. Uh, whereas now it's you do something like this, you're definitely getting sent off. I mean, it, there's not even a. There's not even a doubt in anyone's mind. If you do, if you stamp on someone on a football field, you're getting sent off. <laughs> and Absolutely he incredible, incredible. And 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 like just so so obviously it was like, well, this guy he's he's pretty useful, but he's too much of a head case even for us. Like you know, we can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. we actually can't take the risk of having him out there with um with if he if he if he's capable of doing that in a World Cup match in the fir- in the first half. Mm. When he's when he has scored two goals yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. absolutely going to be the hero if he's willing to 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 take that risk then this guy is a he's el loco you know what I mean yeah well you're uh, crazy were, horse yeah he they were in control at that stage and they were in control right up until the moment that they weren't in control uh, South Korea equalised at the start of the second half and you're thinking okay well you know Uruguay are only a goal away from elimination mm. here but you know come on Portugal they'll surely no. you know, South Korea had been so poor. Uh, throughout this World Cup, no, no, you I, don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't agree. Yeah, they they weren't good in the first game against Uruguay, but Uruguay weren't, weren't good in that mm. game either. Um, but they were good against Ghana. I mean, they lost three two, but the effort that they put in and the like, they, I, I'm pretty sure I, I don't know if that's in front of me, but that that they they sort of won the stats. You know mm. what I mean? They 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 had shot after shot. Uh, they obviously scored two goals and they came back from two 0 down, but they just showed this. Um, incredible sort of desire and energy to to keep going in the game, mm. which I, I mean, I, God, I, I yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed. I just kind of felt like Uruguay will do this because South Korea just they're just not quite good enough to end up qualifying out of this World Cup group. What the hell do I know? As it, as it turns out, uh, Wang's goal uh, in injury time. I mean, it was unbelievably dramatic, and then the yeah. camera pans back to Suarez. You know, like yeah. like the and. You might explain just what exactly was going on in the stadium when that South Korea goal goes in and Suarez then all of a sudden becomes the centre of attention all over again, even though he's been yeah. off 15 minutes. Well, he had been um, he had been substituted at, after about an hour and maybe the, the, the thinking there was, uh, you know, he can't do any more than that. Mm. Uh, he, he's just not physically capable. I mean, clearly that is why, because otherwise you kept, kept him. He was the best player for Uruguay and he had produced a brilliant nutmeg. You know, the nutmeg was yeah. always his kind of favorite 
move, but like you need to be able to run past the guy to pick up the ball on the other side, usually do a nutmeg. But this situation developed out by the corner flag where he ran to keep a ball in play just by the corner flag and turned, saw Inyaki Williams coming towards him. And the funniest thing about it was Inyaki Williams knew exactly what Suarez was going to try and do. Mm. The, like the whole situation calls for that move because Williams is coming towards him, Suarez is there, and so he can use Williams's mm. movement to, to to do the nutmeg. And Williams literally kind of toddles up to him almost like a ballet dancer with his feet mm. locked together. <laughs> I have no idea. Like his feet are, his, his legs are together. If you look at the replay, you can see that he's very clearly anticipating exactly what's going to happen, and he still somehow gets nutmeg. It was it was brilliant, and the whole place. Oh. and uh, so so it's like wow, he's he's he, he's like he's somehow uh, channeling his earlier self into this game. Like this is like mm. his last. Well, it turns out to be his last great performance. Um, but he comes off. Uh, uh, you know, he was booed off. Obviously, he was booed when he touched mm. the ball, of course, by the Ghanaian fans. But then this this thing happens with South Korea. The coach has al- has also taken off uh, Nunez, which seemed a kind of a mm, what are you doing? I mean, I, I I don't know if I texted you, Ref, but I I did think just I think checking my messages here. I think they might need another goal here. You know? <laughs> no, you certainly did not. No, no, you'd never stick your head above the parapet like that in a way oh, that it could be used. It could be used against you by me or own. No, You're texting away to people who, but not, not me at all. I texted a few people. I texted a few people. Did you, did you not? Uh, no, was, were you not on that, not on that round of texts? <laughs> no. I'll have to do a few screen grabs. But uh, <laughs> because I, I thought, South Korea are going to keep going for it. And Portugal are through. They don't care. Mm. Portugal do not care. And, and when you've got a team that cares, uh, you know, more than anything, and a team that doesn't care, and like that the team that cares needs a goal. I mean, don't be surprised if it happens. But that's not the way that um, the Diego Alonso, the Uruguay coach, was thinking. He took off, basically, as far as he took off Darwin. The Darwin one was a strange... Not like Darwin was having a great game, though I thought he was better in this game, which was more of a back-and-forth, a less, the, a less loosely organized game than their previous mm. ones. Uh, and he did make more of an impact in this one. Um, I just thought, you don't take that guy off. I mean, you might you might need to... You might need to attack again in this game, which which was the way that it worked out. And so they come to, or, or you can hear this noise, um, and it's you know that you, you hear that South Korea have scored, and the Uruguayan fans <clears throat> are reacting to it. And then they show Suarez on the screen, and he's obviously heard and has already started to cry, and and then the Ghanaian fans all just start to barrack him, like you know, mm. like uh, fuck you, you know. And and he looks up. You can see him looking up at the screen, seeing like he hear he hears obviously this. He sees what's happened and pulls his shirt up over his head, uh, which 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 causes this sort of abuse to be redoubled because you know it's like oh there he is. He's you know he's obviously reacting to it now. And then so the the game went on. There was now the other thing that I have to mention about this was that Uruguay got absolutely ridden by. The refereeing decisions, with the exception, I suppose, of their double goal scorer not being sent off for a stamp. That is mm. something maybe which should be, which should be kept in mind. But remember, after the Portugal game on Monday, we talked about the penalty that was given against them by, uh, or the given against them for the foul by Jimenez, the handball by Jimenez. Mm. That's the that's the moment that's ended up knocking them out. Uh, that that should never have been a penalty. That's literally ex- expressly they say in the rules that doesn't count as a penalty when the hand yeah. when when it's a, a, a an arm that's out to to, uh, Brace to break your fall or to yeah. or to support yeah. your weight. That is not that is not a penalty. And yet they got given that penalty. And I remember saying to you, well, uh, well, it didn't affect the result. It did affect the result of the group. Mm. 
it made the difference between Uruguay being a goal ahead of South Korea and being level and behind them on goal scored, mm. uh, as it turned out in the end. But that's not the only thing, because it was also a VAR check in this game for what I thought was a definite foul on Darwin Nunez, who uh, was fouled by a defender who, whose studs did touch the ball, but only after they've sort of tripped Nunez to do that. That, to me, has got to be a penalty. And that penalty, that wasn't given. I mean, the ref came over, you know, to have a look. So you're expecting, okay, he's going to give it. No, he doesn't give it. And then there was another one on Cavani, which they didn't even bother checking. This was an injury mm. time where Cavani ran in, was kind of, I thought, dragged down. Uh, they didn't, so there's mm. three I think penalties. He his da- I think he, he dangles his leg there to, you know, he puts his leg across uh, the defender's body and falls over, you know. Right. Okay. So I, he was playing. Yeah. For... I, I, to be honest, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I got plenty of text messages saying that that's a definite penalty. Uh, I can see why people might think that, but I, I didn't think the Cavani one was a penalty. The Nunez yeah. one is a be- is a stronger shout. I mean, yeah. the fact that he touches the ball. I mean, that's what the referee. He's literally gesticulating, saying he got the ball. Yeah, but if I um, go through, if I go through you to get the yeah. ball, then that's you know yeah. you can't do that. Like I mean, so. Uh, I just felt that 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 was a very uh, that was a very uh, tough one to take, and obviously that's the one they're all complaining about. Again, I suppose you have to balance that, and the the stamp wasn't punched either. Although, you know, it, like is Wayne Wayne Hennessy still the only player to get him? No, sorry, Abu Bakr. Yes, Abu Bakr Abu Bakr has been sent off as well for taking off his shirt. Yeah, Wayne Hennessy was sent off for for Schumachering um, the Iranian player, mm. uh, but he remember that he wasn't sent off in play. Like they, yeah, they were like, it was oh, a that's, check. Yeah, yeah. that seems that seems fair enough. Oh, that's a yellow card. You should, you know, maybe it was maybe it was a foul. And then the, the then the var like, oh yeah, maybe you need to look at that one again. So they sent him up, but like they don't want to send anyone off here. Well, listen, Ken, it's the Goodwill World Cup. You know, that's what they, we've been calling it for years. So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They the the final whistle goes again. They pick out Suarez, and now he's like fully like heaving with sobs, like convulsively. It's over because I mean, ten minutes earlier they were going to be playing against Brazil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ten minutes earlier, it was going to be Brazil, Uruguay, Brazil in the second round, like the biggest possible game in a way. Yeah. Um, with, for for them for them to play like the biggest sort of football occasion, and instead, that's it. It's over. He's never going to play in the World Cup again. And the Ghanaians are like, ah, you know, all all uh, which again seem kind of grim. You know what I mean? Like obviously, you know that they're gonna they're gonna do that, but like also. They had just finished bottom of the group. <laughs> you know, hmm. It's like it was kind of like, yeah, you know, like that. This isn't actually the revenge. This, this, this didn't turn out to be much of a revenge. You know, it's not revenge if you, if the hate is strong enough that you're willing to sort of give up your own existence to to wipe out that of the other. Which, in fact, Ghana didn't manage to do. It was South Korea. <laughs> it was South Korea. It was Son Young Min with his run from one end to the other who who actually. Uh, finished uh, finished the World Cup career of Suarez, you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was sad. I thought. Uh, I know that there's not much sympathy for Suarez, but I thought he played really well. I thought he did what he could, and uh, and in the end, uh, it wasn't enough. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's a winning mentality. I can see it in their eyes. They've got glazed eyes. Got glazed eyes. What I said to them at the end, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, I said, are you ready to win a World Cup? Because we're in it to win it. They've got to trust me. I'm taking these guys into battle. And I'm doing my own stapling. Look, we're not getting carried away, but we're now getting to that point now where we are inspiring. Does a, a struggling salesman start turning up on a bicycle? He turns up in a newer car, Perception. So what becomes of you, my love? Along the way, we're going to have fun. When they have finally stripped you off. I try and laugh several times a day. A sergeant major spends all his time training his men to be killers and, and make sure that they arrive for meetings on time and dressed in the right way. He doesn't polish his own boots. The bosses are panicking. They're going, oh, cut back. Non-negotiable. The way we play football is non-negotiable. Okay, Uruguay-Ghana was not your only game yesterday, Ken. You were also at Serbia-Switzerland. And uh, this was actually a brilliant game for 60 minutes before Switzerland scored the fifth goal, the go-ahead goal, and then just completely shut this game down. It was extraordinary to watch just how completely they killed off the Serbian challenge. I mean, it just never materialised. Well, what happened to Serbia is just yeah. something I don't really get <laughs> because, like, it was... Obviously, there was there was all of this stuff about the... Um, there, there, there had been all of this stuff about the uh, the, the last game, the where mm. Shaka had scored and Shakiri had scored, and they both done the little waggly hands, double eagle, so called mm. Kosovar uh, gesture, um, to I guess wind up the Serbs or make a point or um, give one to the to the Kosovars uh, watching who would be delighted to see their their boys scoring against Serbia. Uh, and obviously, this had a, you know, annoyed the Serbs at the time. And then there was this episode uh, so early in the tournament where there was a flag in the Serbian dressing room with, like, you know, kind of some Kosovar stuff. I, I can't pretend to really understand exactly the complexities of mm. what's going on there with the Serb. But you know, yeah, if there's if there's a flag in there with sort of it's yeah. So you're thinking, is this gonna is this gonna be a really ugly game here? We're gonna have some real, um, real nastiness because mm. because Shaka and Shakiri are both playing, um, mm. and they're they're a combustible pair. 
You know, yeah. it's, it's, well, it, they're well, not Shaka going to pour right? oil on troubled waters. You know, Shaka obviously has has been combustible at times. Shakiri, you know, he seems to be a, a peaceful guy, peace loving, peace loving guy. Just loves to just loves hitting balls. You know, mm. he's just he's just able to he's able to hit a ball. Someone was saying to me, the only player to score. There are two players who have scored at the World Cup 2014, Euro 2016, World Cup 2018, Euro 2020, and World Cup 2022. Who are Ooh. they? And I mean, there's a bit of a hint there. Yeah, I'm going to say Shakiri, but it's, there's someone else. Cristiano Ronaldo? Shakiri and Ronaldo Ooh. are the, are the only good. guys who've, uh, who've managed to do this. Um, uh, he scored, obviously, the first goal of the game. No double eagle. He did kind of celebrate for a while in front of the Serb fans who were down in that corner. Uh not exactly in front of them, but, you know, they, yeah. they had a pretty good look Adjacent. at him. Adjacent, yeah. And he was running his hands through his lustrous hair repeatedly. Mm. Every time I looked at him, he seemed to, he was he was pushing back his uh, his mm. masses of hair. And uh, so that was great. But then Serbia get back into it uh, with, uh, there weren't that many Serbs there, but they're making a big, big noise. Big men making a big noise. I would, I would characterize the Serb fans. Across from the left, an amazing header by Mitrovic, who just like, places it into the top corner um as he as he comes across the the ball and then go two one up at Vlavic and you're thinking oh this is okay Serbia are gonna um Switzerland in a difficult situation mm. here uh I don't know how they're gonna come back uh and they do come back um the next goal was Mbolo again a really nice work move down the right hand side cross and Mbolo's in the middle that was just poor half time so it's two all at half time it's like it's been a brilliant game there hasn't been any nastiness there hasn't been any uh, apparent inhibition or kind of tension that's made the game. It's just been a, gr- a really good game of football. Uh, come out then after halftime and Switzerland score another brilliant goal. Raymond Freuder, this is like a, a classy uh, move, you know, I think a back heel assist or like a little flick assist into the path of an on-rushing player who scores uh, a brilliant goal. And weirdly, that was it. You know, because it's the, if a game goes three two in the forty eight minute. You're thinking, whoa! You know, this is going to what's good. Buckle up, now. everyone! These guys, these Serbs, you know, with everything that's going on and so on. But there was nothing. There was just, there was like one kind of flare up where Shaka had uh, made some gesture to the bench where he like grabbed his balls or something. Mm. And what's Shaka doing here? I mean, is this? I don't think this has got anything to do with. Uh, Kosovo. This was this was a reference to uh, to these rumors uh, about um, Vlahovic, Dusan Vlahovic, having an affair with the wife of uh, a teammate, uh, Predrag Rajkovic. Oh right? wow! <laughs> yeah, because um, he he actually talked about it in his press conference. I'm sorry to have to start the press conference in the World Cup this way, but I have to talk about it. It is my name being bandied about. What we read and hear about, there is no need to comment on something so absurd. Evidently, these people are bored. They have nothing better to do. They are frustrated or angry. But working against the interests of the team is obviously their main job right now. These are the, the dishonest media. Mm. These the names and stories are ridiculous. I want to protect my name and my integrity, so I will take legal action if necessary. It's not the first time this has happened. I would hope people would support the team before such an important match. But instead, we are forced to talk about things that have nothing to do with it. Um, Anna uh, Kakic is the... Um, the wife of the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. Rakovic. Uh, we've survived worse, believe me. I assume she means her marriage to Rakovic, her four-year-old marriage. Thanks to all the journalists who ignored me and didn't publish anything about Tadia's health condition and the other people who think it's best to attack a wounded lion got a little carried away. The pack is defending it. Thank you. Uh, so apparently she put this on uh, mm. on like Instagram or whatever. 
So that was all a little bit uh, mm, well, unseemly. Uh, very, very unfortunate. You know when this type of mm. thing is is alleged to have been going on, and even even worse when it's alleged to have been going on, it hasn't been going on. You know, there's, not, mm. there's there's all this smoke, no fire, and people are just coming out with these rumors willy nilly. Because of course, people love these rumors. I mean, I saw that on uh, on Friday. Was it? Fr- no, yes, it was Friday, Thursday. Um, the two uh, players whose name I could see trending were Lukaku, which was I understood why that was happening, and Vlahovic, who wasn't playing, but. Mm. Uh, Clearly, people were talking about. I just got to say that uh, the way Serbia kind of faded out very quickly in that second half did make me wonder if eh, who who who's the real enemy that they're playing against tonight? Is it what are they really playing for here? Is it to put Shaka and Shakiri back in their box and to uh, and to you know strike a blow for the Serbs against the Kosovars in the World Cup to avenge what happened in 2018, or? Do they hate each other too much to even think about that at this point? Is that really what's happening here? Because, uh, you know, even Belgium managed to put up, a, even Belgium, who do hate each other, make no mistake, mm. the Belgians, that would be the biggest grudge match in the World Cup, just Belgium playing each other. And, <laughs> and, uh, and even they managed to put on, to, to, to put more energy a bit into of this attempt yeah, to come yeah. back. Serbia just, it was like, ah, yeah, that's fine. You know, we don't like it here mm. anyway. You know, we want to go home. Belgrade's lovely yeah, this time. More Christmas, yeah. yeah, more Christmas markets. Exactly. So, so they just totally faded out. And um, it was it was very strange because, you know, these these, these obviously were a team that were in our group, uh, knocked us out, knocked Portugal down to second. Yeah. <laughs> like to, to see them, I mean, the whole, like the the idea of you know it's it's, it's Serbia. They love their uh, uh, relatively youthful country. Uh, they're not shy of um, of you know like embracing uh, that kind of patriotism. Like the one thing I expected was for them to go completely insane in an attempt to to get through this group. And yeah, that's when you just, thought the, the the red cards would start happening. Yeah, right? exactly. Didn't yeah, just, was, didn't, just didn't happen. They did. There wasn't that. Um, there wasn't that sort of intensity in it. Yeah. Uh, okay, the group stages are now finished. We have our last 16, and that round begins today with the Netherlands, USA at 3 p.m. and Australia, Argentina at 7 p.m. Then tomorrow we have France against Poland at 3, followed by England, Senegal at 7, which will info- uh, which will be followed in turn by your first Second Captain's podcast of a new week, which will be out before midnight, Sunday night, all going well. Until then, Ken, I want you to relax and enjoy yourself, you know, for an hour and a half and then I want you to go again today what's your game it's the Argentina uh, game is it Argentina Australia I'm sure that'll be another perfectly calm uh, evening following the Argentinian football team yeah well I mean it should be right I mean I, either either they proceed to the quarterfinals as everyone is expecting or crash out well <laughs> yeah I mean the, the other yes uh, what's your game tomorrow then um, England Senegal so I get to see oh, the great England finally. team you finally, England. you've caved, you you will go see England. That's mm. great. Well, enjoy it, buddy. I want you all to have perfectly tremendous Saturdays. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Kieran. And don't forget that Second Captains is part of the ACAST Creator Network, so why don't you think about joining the World Service on secondcaptains.com forward slash join. Thanks for listening today, and we'll chat to you soon, hopefully. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's the persuasion of the world outside of that. That's why sports is important.